Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Coming up on the Windy City Podcast, a conversation with the always entertaining Ryan Dempster. Yes, the Cubs are no longer in possession of Theo Epstein. He left the building on Friday. Incredible run. And the Cubs franchise will never have it better. Will never have it better. Guy took a decrepit 100-plus year star franchise, and in five years he got him to the NLCS in 15, beat the St. Louis Cardinals, and then won the World Series. Again, we'll never have it better. Jed Hoyer might do a great job, might not do a great job, but what Theo Epstein did... He deserves that statue that eventually he'll get. And who knows what Theo will go on to do, commissioner of baseball, something along those lines. Talk to Demp coming up here. All right, so we had a weekend with no Bears football. I know you enjoyed it. Bears have the Packers coming up this week. Green Bay losing to Indianapolis. Marquez Valdez-Scantling catching the bomb that ended up putting the Packers in position to tie the game to go to OT. But then he fumbles, and somehow, some way, Indy gets it done. So Green Bay is seven and three. I can't wait to see who the Bears start at quarterback. I think it's gonna be Mitch, but maybe it won't be. Maybe he's still hurt. Nick Foles, I think, will be healthy enough to play. Amazingly, I've been taking calls on WGN radio. People actually want Tyler Bray to start at quarterback. That is the level of patheticness that the Bears have hit. You want Tyler Bray. You might as well have me out there. Interesting week for the Bears, and we'll have a midweek podcast looking up, looking forward to the Packers. Now, some college football. The Northwestern Wildcats up to number 11 in the country. Huge win over Wisconsin. It was ugly, but they got it done. Badgers gift-wrapping a bunch of turnovers. That Northwestern defense, incredibly solid. Peyton Ramsey, the Wildcat quarterback, is doing a great job in his one year, maybe two years with all the, because eligibility doesn't count this year. It'll be interesting if he comes back for yet another season. And Mike Bajakian, the Wildcats offensive coordinator, he's done a lot replacing Mick McCall. But how about what went on with ESPN and Joey Galloway and Reese Davis? So this was Tuesday's college football playoff, top 25 show. The host is Reese Davis. He asked the analyst, Joey Galloway, what he thought about Northwestern. The guy says, quote, Galloway, honestly, they've got a bunch of Reese Davises running around out there. 
High-level athletes, Davis replied. Yeah, very athletic, Reese. Pat Fitzgerald takes this to Northwestern, takes this to his players, and they're pissed. Irritated. And they use it as motivation. Now 5-0, and highest they've been ranked since 1996. Hey, fits off that 3-9 and season. Northwestern is impressive. I honestly, one of my favorite things from the weekend, though, Illinois, the Illini beat Nebraska 41-23, and then they tweet out after the game, Good game, Nebraska. Thanks for bringing back B1G football, which is a reference to the Cornhuskers being they were just all summer long. Hey, we've got to play football. Forget this pandemic. This is BS. We're going to leave the Big Ten. See you later, Nebraska. Go do whatever the hell you want to do. Illinois 2-3, and three, Nebraska 1-3. and three. Illinois had not won in Lincoln since 1924. That was Red Grange, by the way, 1924, and now Lovey uh, getting it done in 2020. Uh, Illinois quarterback, by the way, Brandon Peters, threw for one touchdown, ran for another. He'd been out since October 24th with COVID. Congrats to the Illini, and congratulations to Michigan. 48-42 over Rutgers. Go Blue! They went in in three overtimes, celebrated like they won the national championship. If they had lost, it would have been their worst start in 53 years. That would have been sweet to all my Go Blue fans out there. I know you probably actually would prefer the loss, maybe. I don't know. Do you want Jim Harbaugh sticking around? I think it might be time to do something else. It's a weird year, all that, but uh, wow. That would have been amazing if Rutgers had gotten done, but uh, Rutgers now won and four. All right, let's get to our conversation with Ryan Dempster, Theo Epstein out the door. Thanks for putting on the Windy City podcast. Hope you have a great start to your week. The same when I stared at as a kid keeping score. In a world full of greed, I could never want more. And someday we'll go all the way. The World Series champion and uh, future Emmy Award winner. You haven't won an Emmy yet, have you, Ryan Dempster? <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm fortunate and lucky enough to have three. You have three Emmys? So, I had two with MLB Network and one with uh, my work doing uh, uh, Inside the Friendly Confines at Wrigley Field, an interview-style show. So, I, I mean, does lucky it, guy. doesn't that kind of make you too good at life? I should know this, by the way. That's on the host right here. But that's like... I mean, come on. That's a lot to accomplish in a very short time on this earth. Yeah, I, I've, I've failed at plenty of other things, too, so they, they balance <laughs> each other out very well. Okay, all right. We can all feel like we're on a mutual level here, those who are sitting here doing the interview and those of you who are listening wherever you are. Demp, first off, uh, I wanted to have you on to talk about Theo and also uh, your show off the mound, which has taken off. I know you got Mark Pryor this week. you got CC Sabathia next week. But let, let's, let's start with Theo. Number one, were you surprised when the word came down that he was out uh, without going through the 10th year? I'm, I'm guessing the answer to that's probably no, but, but maybe you were a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was a little shocked that it actually happened. But I wasn't surprised that he that he made that choice. You know, I, I think uh, just given given everything, I think he really wanted to make sure that Jed was the guy who took over, and he deserves that chance. You know, he's been the GM for a long time. 
uh, with a very successful team, especially in the last uh, nine years here in Chicago. So, uh, you know, for him to have that opportunity and feel really, really putting the organization first. And I, I think 2020 has made a lot of people evaluate a lot of things. And, uh, and I'm happy for him. I'm really happy for him. He, he, deserves, uh, he deserves a deep breath and to be able to do whatever the hell he wants. For sure. What's your most, I don't know if it's, uh, what do you respect most about Theo or what are you most like kind of on some level like in awe of? Because I, I mean, I, I, there's, there's some ways where I'm like, I would hire Theo Epstein to literally do anything. You want to be my accountant? You're in. <laughs> you know, you want to be the president someday? Go ahead, Theo. You're, you seem qualified for literally to do anything. But from the Dempsey, what impresses you or impressed you as much, uh, the most about Theo? I think uh, what impressed me the most, um, you know, is his ability to allow himself uh, or put himself in vulnerable positions. You know, whether that's uh, getting up on stage at the Cubs convention and, and putting a, a mouth guard in his mouth and, and doing, um, you know, speak out as a, as a fun little game in front of 3,000 Cub fans, you know, and uh, or, you know, letting his hair down somewhere and, you know, getting up on stage and playing guitar behind Eddie Vedder singing. And, you know, those are, those are positions that aren't his forte. And he, he allows himself to do that because I think he's not afraid of failure or he's, or he's deathly afraid of it. And he just, he enjoys the, the adrenaline rush that, um, that comes with it. But um, what I admire about him is leadership, obviously um, his, his ability to write and articulate and the way he speaks is second to none. It's truly amazing stuff. Um, but it doesn't come without preparation. He's as prepared as anybody. He works so hard. It's 24-7, 365. It's middle of the night, email. It's whatever it has to get done. The, the, the things that, you know, the ball club, I remember looking back to the time with Shohei Otani and, you know, the work that him and all the front office put in to try and prepare a, you know, a, a presentation. It was it was incredible. The 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 amount of detail that went into that and, and you know, that came with no guarantees. And obviously... You know, that was just another showing of him willing to put a ton of hard work into something that might not work out. And that's the job of a president and general manager. You might put everything he got into a player to try and sign him and you don't get him. And you have to move on to the next one. And he's just, he's done everything um, in Chicago that you can do and, and changed the culture and, and made uh, winning on the north side the expectation now. And I think that's so amazing. Did you... Uh develop any i don't know close relationship a distant relationship like what was your relationship with theo yeah really good relationship um you know he brought me back i'm forever grateful for him bringing me back to chicago as a special assistant um you know i know firsthand he had a little bit of a hand in getting me out to boston with ben Sherrington. Mm -hmm. um and you know and i had a chance to win a world series there but then to bring me back and and to really just let the curtain down and just say all right you want to learn learn about the game of baseball from this side and um, what I learned, you know, outside of the white lines, how to construct a roster, you know, how controlling players and, and, you know, not just today, this year or next year, but how does this look, you know, for the next five to 10 years and, and, you know, what the work that goes into, you know, drafting players and developing players. And, um, I just, I just learned so much. Um, and really, he really did kind of just give me that opportunity to learn that. And I'm, I'm forever grateful for it. And um, it was, it was a treat, something I, I probably never saw myself really getting the opportunity to do um, and to sit in with some of those meetings and do things from, you know, being in a job interview for a manager to, uh, or a bench coach to, um, you know, 
working with young players in spring training to, you know, being upstairs and, and then just from a personal level, you know, we're, we're really, really great friends and, and have developed this great relationship that'll last far beyond baseball. And, and that to me is, is what it's all about. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for him. That's awesome. I, I, I had forgotten that he had, uh, given you the opportunity to get a little little mentorship here from from Theo to Demp. It's 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 cool to hear about it. Did he uh Well you know because he, he had that five year plan, but I, I came in with a two year plan that was much more effective. <laughs> See? So, I mean right. Yeah. Why 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 do something in five when you can do it in two? I I, I appreciate that. I, I thought that yeah. you know one thing that he said in his press conference or maybe it was on the radio this week, I I forget which one, but either way, he said that look one player came up to him and told him that, look, all of us have been lied to by management. That's why we don't trust him. And so Theo hears this and he's like, well, wow, I can actually have an edge as somebody in my seat if I'm honest with players and tell them, like, if you're whatever, likely to be traded or this is where we think you need to improve. And it's good for me because I'm building close relationships and I'll be respected. And it's also good for the player because – they now know what they need to work on and what's actually being said about them. Uh, I'm assuming that Demp was lied by man- to, by management at some point in your career, and you can relate to this. Yeah, yeah, multiple times. Um, I, I know exactly what he's talking about, and it's not fun. Because at the end of the day, if you're told the truth, even if it's something you don't want to hear, um, you tend to get over things a lot quicker, and you actually have an appreciation for that honesty. So, you know, and I will say that, like, you know, it's not easy being in his seat. You know, imagine the amount of people that he's had to have really hard conversations with. Um, he's dealt with things that, uh, away from the field with players that he's had to manage. And, you know, to be able to, you know, be honest with guys for the most part, you know, you can't you can't be uh, 100% transparent, I don't believe, all the time because you still have your job to do and the players are doing their job. But when it comes to putting players – and their families and their emotions um, at the forefront, I think he's done as good a job of that as anybody. You know, and um, I was telling somebody the story about this today. Is he, he, he called me before the 2016 season, and he said, let's go over and see the new clubhouse. And he's walking around showing me the new clubhouse, and I'm walking around with envy and jealousy because I had a, a rat cage as mine <laughs> my nine years in Chicago, you know, yeah. which was quaint and nice. It just was a little uncomfortable when some of the guys got out of the shower. We were pretty close to each other. But he, he the, the look on his face and the excitement that I could see of what he was giving to the players, to me, I'd never seen that out of any front office member anywhere. And I've been around some really great front office guys, guys like Jim Hendry, who are tremendous. Ben Sherrington was great in Boston you know, John Daniels in Texas, but it was genuine, real. Do you think the players are going to like this? Do you, like he was so excited to give them that because he knew the special group that he had and, and that they were going to go out there and win a world series. And just to me, I just don't see that very often. And, and it shows, and, you know, and he tries to be honest with people and, and because of that, you know, I think the players play a little bit harder and they, they care a little bit more about, the ball club they're playing for because of that leadership at the top. Yeah, I, I, I that's awesome. He cared, and you, like I'm thinking about some of the highlights, like when Schwarber gets, uh, I guess maybe it was in, in the hit in Cleveland in the World Series, or one of his hits in Cleveland in the World Series, and there's that. Uh, meme that's out there of Theo going like, yeah, Schwarbs, yeah, Schwarbs. It's like, oh, you freaking love this guy that you drafted. I mean, look at how hard you're rooting for him. It's not like you're, you know, stiff suit guy that's, uh, you know, not 
all in on it and 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 wanting it for them and wanting it for you. I just uh, there was he he was he was in the battle for sure. I, I wonder. Demp, I mean, does, is there any harder job in baseball right now than what Jed Hoyer is walking into? Hey, be better than Theo or be as good? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure Theo will remind him all the time. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I think realizing that it's different is probably the most important thing. What Theo walked into was break this down, rebuild this, change a culture, bring a winning way to the north side of Chicago. Um, Jed is take over for this. Hey, it might look a lot different than it did under Theo, um, as far as co- roster construction or players on the team, or you know. But also, the game of baseball is a lot different right now. The economics of baseball are a lot different right now, with no fans being allowed in there. So, Jed's going to have his own uh, path, um, and it'll be cool to see what he does. And, and I'm and I'm excited for him because you know he's he's learned with Theo uh, side by side under him, um, and at times you know making the big big decisions as well on his own. So um, he's extremely prepared for this. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like when, you know, somebody took over for Jeter in, in New York. You're not, you're, you're not replacing that person. You're just, you know, you, you, or you're not you know, going to fill those shoes. You never will. Um, you're just filling that position, and you got to do it in your own way with your own kind of stamp of approval on it. If Demp had to make a guess as to what they'll do in the offseason – I mean, I'm looking at like guys that you can get value for. They have to have a contract that is that some team wants to take on. So then you look at you look at Contreras, or you look at you Darvish, or maybe you look at Kyle Hendricks. I don't know. I mean, I I we've talked about this before. Like I'd love to see Chris Bryant sign a one year deal, uh, a long term deal here. But if you're if, even if you wanted to move him, you're not going to get a whole lot for him right now. Which to me seems just kind of crazy. Why would you take pennies on the dollar? Just hope that he has a great year. And, and and get the value of that, but I I don't know. Are, are you expecting them to be very aggressive here? Yeah, I mean I I could see things changing a lot, and uh, you know it's I think it's been really hard for these guys, and, and I'm not making excuses, but what they went through in 2016, and to get to the pinnacle and win a championships, which you know at least for the next. 40 years or 50 years is going to be the greatest sports championship out of the four major sports. There's nobody in that kind of drought. I mean, the Indians are close at 60 something years or close to 70 years, but it's still not even a town like Chicago. So to do all that and to get all of that at a very young age, right? You have guys like Schwarber and like Baez and like Chris Bryant and all these guys that were very young when that happened. Now, okay, go duplicate that again, guys. You can't. It's impossible. It's literally, like, physically, physiologically, scientifically impossible. Like, you can't emulate that again. You can't. So they took the biggest adrenaline rush you could get. And so to get back there, I think, was going to be really, really tough. Incredible job in 2016 to get to the NLCS again. You know, and and then this year, what they did this year, they just ran into a best of three, and they were struggling offensively down the stretch. So, I think that you might see guys in different uniforms and maybe multiple guys in different uniforms. And I think you could, you know, possibly see that. And it's not as easy as you said, you know, to go trade somebody and and not get what you want for them. And also too, Chris Bryant was uh, a rookie of the year, an MVP, a world series champion. Yeah. On the economic side of it, uh, with a guy that you can't sign to a long-term deal, does it make sense? Sure. But there's also another thing called emotions and real emotions of, all the things that these guys, this guy did to just trade him away is not as easily 
said is done. So, um, yeah, it's not an easy decision. Maybe that's why Theo left in the early. I don't want to deal with any of this. I'm just out. But, you know, it's not it's not going to be easy. But one thing I know about Jed, too, is, and he learned that from Theo, is, you know, he's going to have to make some tough decisions. But ultimately, he's going to do what he feels is best for the Chicago Cubs organization for next year, as well as for the years that come afterwards. Yeah, and I listen. I I get it from that standpoint. Like people who want to bang on Theo, well, you should have traded Schwarber, and you should have done this and and X Y Z. It's like, look, I mean, the fact that he believed in his guys and ultimately thought that they were going to come through again, I I can't fault him for that. And it just and and, and Mark, it's not like these guys. Like everybody, like it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing yeah. how winning and the taste of winning changes everything. Like I'll give, I'll give anything, anything <laughs> for the Cubs to win a World Series, anything. Really, will you give the fact that they're not going to win another one in the next four years, but they're going to go to the playoffs and they're going to win their division every year? Would you, would you be good with that? Everybody, would there be a line longer than half the testing facilities for COVID right now? to go out there and put your name down on a petition to say, yes, I don't even care if they make the playoffs for the next 10 years. I just want a World Series. But then we get it, and now we want it every year. You know, It's like when I go to Chicago Cut and I get that steak and that nice glass of wine, I want that when I go to like you know the local little like corner pub because I missed that. That felt really good. I want that again. I don't want the, the bar food. I want the good food. And that's what happens. Is, and, and you know we have to take a step back and just realize – we got a really good thing on the north side of Chicago, and we'll get back to the World Series again sometime soon. Right, and that, to your point, it's like, hello, like, was it a successful tenure for Theo? Should they have won more? He won the World Series. He, the, they went to the playoffs nearly every year. They beat the Cardinals in the playoffs. They came back and beat the Nationals in a series that, by the way, the Cubs never win that series. They won that series. That's why, for me, it's like, I mean, the day that he said goodbye, I'm like, um, you all know that you're never going to have it better than this. This was a tremendous run. You had that guy here and everything that happened. So I'm not saying that Jed won't be successful or whatever, but it was it was just a very special time for the Cubs franchise to have that dude as the head of it running it the way he ran it. So I, I'm assuming people are feeling that today. Uh, that That's my Absolutely. rant on Dem, you know? Um, <laughs> all right, so... Let's. What's going on with Off the Mound here? Friday nights, the Marquee Sports Network, they replay it during the week. I know you got uh, Mark Pryor tonight, and you've got CC Sabathia coming up. I know you're having fun doing this. Yeah, it's a blast. You know, it was so great. Like, you know, the moment the, the Dodgers won the World Series, I didn't I didn't play with any of those guys. And, um, you know, I played against Dave Roberts, and obviously was very excited for him and happy. And um, But my mind right away went to, like, you know, happiness for pride because – you know, this guy burst on the scene with all the expectations of the world, and he lived up to him right away. And if it wasn't for running into Marcus Giles at second base, landing on that shoulder, I, I don't know. He might still be pitching. Who knows? Yep. And, you know, he was so electric, and then the injuries cut his, his you know, his career short of one that should have been spectacular and, and was while he was playing. And then, and then, you know, just the route he went on to – to try and come back multiple, you know, the Yankees, the Red Sox, all these minor league stints trying to make his way back. And it just never worked out. And, you know, how he approached it afterwards, the special assistant role to the minor league pitching coordinator role to the big league bullpen coach. And all of a sudden first year as a big league pitching coach, and they go out there and win a world series. And just so happy for him because, you know, it's hard to live up to those expectations that he had and to somehow find a different path to the same goal of, of being a part of a team that wins a World Series is really cool. He's, 
he's just a good, really good dude, a, a great dude, and a great teammate. And I was so happy to sit down with him and, and talk to him, and um, and extremely jealous of that electric beard that he's got. <laughs> it is fresh. If you haven't seen it on Marquee or online, do yourself a favor and check out what Mark Pryor is doing right now because he's uh, he kind of looks like the fugitive. Um, and also like a, a college professor and and uh, I guess a very potent <laughs> major league baseball pitching coach. Why, why CC? How, how did what's your connection to Sabathia? Yeah, just it was you know actually um, competed against them a little bit, um, and then uh, just had a, a mutual friend that just hooked us up, and you know I mean this guy's going to the Hall of Fame first ballot, um, and a, an incredible uh, pitcher, dominant. I, I, the run he did when he got traded over to Milwaukee was as good as I'd ever yeah. seen. But, you know, it was funny. I was joking with him. Like, when you make out a lineup card and you're as a pitcher, starting pitcher, or at least I did, other guys do this too, you start to go through the lineup and you're like, okay, who do I not want to let beat me today at the plate? Like, if there's a big situation, who am I pitching around? He was like one of two guys on the team I usually checked off. I'm like, I, I got to make sure I don't groove a pitch to that guy to end up on, on Waveland, you know, or Sheffield. Like, <laughs> He he had massive pop too, and then you know just what he's the work he's doing off the field is incredible with his foundation, um, and then now with the Players Alliance, and he's just such a, a big lovable character, and 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 really really excited to have him on the show. You you saying that I think maybe makes me think we could wrap up with this. Do you have a you have a Carlos Zambrano stories at Demp? Anything that stands out with Big Z? Oh man, Big Z was unbelievable. There was two people though, right? You had Big Z. And then you had Carl. Carl's great. Carlos is, you know, for, for four days, he's the best teammate. What a great friend. Just awesome, lovable. Uh, Big Z shows up. You better hope he's winning because if he's losing, something's getting broken. Like, I thought I snapped, you know. Like, I remember when they put that Gatorade machine in the in the dugout, like, first day I walk out, I go, this is a great idea. Who's going to break it first, me or Z? And uh, and after he broke it, you all remember him just shattering it with the bat, and I went up in the tunnel, and I I walked by him. I said, I know, man. I was mad, too, when I found out they didn't put any Diet Coke in that machine. <laughs> you know? And he just kind of looked over at me, and he just, like, cracked a smile in the midst of, like, all this rage. And I was just, like, he was just lovable and great. But I- I'll tell you one big Z story baseball-wise. People talk about him as a pitcher and how talented he were, and we know what he could do as a hitter. There was nobody that I saw take batting practice more impressive than Carlos Zambrano. And I saw... Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds. Big Z's batting practice was so unbelievable that one day we were hitting in Wrigley Field, and from the right side, he hit a ball into the upper deck and straight away center field. The wind was blowing out for sure, but upper deck. And then the next pitch, he turned around from the left side, and he hit one about three feet away from the other ball he just hit. So it didn't matter. There's no park in the world that can contain him. He had as much power and strength as anybody, and um, yeah, he, he was something special for a while there. It's pretty incredible to watch. I mean, that's like Babe Ruth stuff right there. Kind of, sort of. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't alive when Babe was running around, but I mean, that big of a dude hitting that big of a switch hitting too. That's incredible. What an athlete. Yeah. Back-to-back pitches too. One pitch right-handed, next pitch left-handed. Normally it takes a guy a minute or two to get locked in, you know? Yeah. yeah he was, he was an incredible athlete. Could have played tight end in the NFL, small forward in the NBA. He could have done it all. Yeah. I love the anger piece too, because you guys like you're so composed out there. You got to handle it, the ups and downs of this, that. This dude just got hit. I got to come back and make a big pitch. But there's so much boiling inside of you, right? 
and then when it doesn't go your way, there's got to be an outlet. It's just that's it, human tendency right there. Psychology 101 here on WGN. But, <laughs> you know, because I don't know. It happens sometimes. I, I used to snap a lot. I, I, I tamed it down a lot after an outing in Pittsburgh. And I and I snapped and I was uh, I was hitting the the sink in the ton in the in the room where the the batting cage area is underneath the dugout and I and I hit the sink and it kind of fell off the wall and I gave it one last whack and it was like something out of a movie and the the faucet just started shooting me right in the face <laughs> and I just put the bat down and you know what I did I just stood there and I wore it and I just let it just pepper me with water and I was like. Yep, I deserve this right now. That sink did nothing to me, so I deserve all of this water that is is just throwing at me right now. It's like a fire hydrant. I, I tried to fix the toilet the other day, and I don't know what I did, but I ripped the thing out of there, and it's and I and I just drenched myself. And I just stood there and I took a picture and put it on Instagram because, like, I mean, at this point, you just got to own it. But uh, which was straight pathetic. And but see, there there was a learning moment right there. You and the sink, the sink taught you something, Demp. So look, I, I, it sounds like you move forward beautifully from there. I did a little bit, and actually, funny story about that sink was uh, years later, a couple of years later, uh, I was on a bus trip with a bunch of my friends from uh, Vancouver to Vegas, um, and they actually presented me with the framed pieces that somebody had sold on eBay on the internet, and they somehow tracked it down, and they gave it to me, still got it to this day, so... Uh, yeah, a memorable story right there. Don't yeah. snap, kids. See, we, we we teach the young kids bad lessons. Don't do that. You don't want you don't want sink water in your face from PNC Park. It's just nasty. You should put that right next to the three Emmys that we learned about in this interview, Demp. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all tie it all together. Uh, Ryan Dempster, the Marquee Sports Network, three Emmys, World Series champion, and of course, uh, long time, long time uh, on the North Side. Demp, always great to catch up, man. Hey, great to catch up with you, too, anytime. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.